Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Push My Buttons Games podcast. It's been a bit, but we're back. It's me. <laughs> it's Luke. And then it's my it's your favorite dungeon master, Dungeon Master Mike. Man, we have had so many problems. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so we, it's ridiculous. You, we apologize. Um, right. It it has. We have not been able to record for not on a lack of effort on our part. Mm-hmm. We have had technical problems Ugh, yeah you're, i had have, to buy i i had to buy a completely new computer yeah and, but it's finally it's up we're good this thing runs like a champ i i should have bought one a while ago like power supply went out and uh, you know a while ago fixed it power su- it, power <laughs> supply went out again the brand new one again and then that's why I've been on the hiatus, but but we're good yeah. now. Got me a well, nice a nice new one that's good for this audio stuff. So, and mm. then Jamie had some technical problems. So <laughs> his laptop exploded or something. Yeah, so he was out, and then we had an incident of COVID with Panda Pat, which yeah. I really hope she's doing okay now. Yeah, I think she's I think she's out of out of confinement as of last week. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think she's good, but. And then we've had scheduling issues, at least with me, because my work schedule has increased. Now, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are used to working 60 hours, but when I go from like not being on a project and just essentially need to sit by my computer right. with nothing to do and then go full-blown up to 60 full hours a week, mm-hmm. like, I was not used to that. Right, so right. That has been... That has been the case since February, and it's gotten to the point where I've had to cancel everything on my calendar. That's not work. That's not work, <laughs> except for one. So, I mean, hopefully through my name, people know I love playing tabletop RPG stuff. That's kind of like my thing. Um, but, like, I've we've had Nerd Dome podcast kind of sessions with uh with Dungeons and Dragons that have had to cancel and have been on hiatus for a couple of months because my work schedule really at any given moment they can fly me out to St. Louis. They uh, I work Saturdays on on the regular. So I just have one Dungeons and Dragons game on Sunday night mm-hmm. as kind of like a prep up for the rest of the week and that is it. Like yeah. nothing else. So, so I've had scheduling problems. Mm-hmm. So it has just been a nightmare trying to get Right. Something I, I was going to say, um, we need to uh, uh, surprise everybody and uh, somehow work my return once once you guys get going again, because mm-hmm. I want to jump back in. It's just been play, playing D&D like, digitally is, is tough for me, because it for me, it's the, the, the sitting around the table, the interacting, you know what I mean? That's it's why, very- that's why, why the nerd dome has gone on a little bit of a hiatus too, because we're, we're a podcast that feeds off the energy in the room. And when uh-huh. you're looking at a computer screen and it, you can't see everything that everyone's doing, it just doesn't, doesn't turn into yeah. good content. The energy is very different digitally. I think like we're in, it's going to be really, really interesting when you look at streams that are recording on Twitch um, or people that have YouTube shows online mm-hmm. that, you know, they have multiple people like on the camera or stuff. You're going to be able to tell like this was pre-COVID era. This right. was the start of COVID era. And here is like recovering COVID era, right? Mm-hmm. Because you like – and it's, it's going to be like a historical thing too right. where – you got people feeding off each other's energy, and then there is 
if you were to watch stuff like from a historical standpoint, how awkward everyone gets around each other when it comes right. to Twitch streams right. or like being in this, not being in the same room with each other. And then people have gotten better and better at better at doing that. And now some people are going to start working together, being in the same room, being present, and it's going to be kind of like a readjustment. It's going to be it, it's going to be interesting to see this like ten years down the line, internet history. Mm. Like that was that era. Oh, for sure, for it's sure, be real cool. Yeah. Um, oh no, sorry, not cool. Interesting. Interesting. Really interesting. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons, I've actually upped my game quite a bit on the digital space. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I have gotten Roll Twenty down to a T. Uh, we can recreate each other's characters online, so that all you need to do if you want an attack, you don't have to type in buttons. You can just click attack. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like you can, and um, you can pretty much click any ability. And this goes for more than Dungeons & Dragons. I can do this with like a variety of different tabletop games. But, mm-hmm. of course, Dungeons & Dragons is the big showstopper. Um, but you can click... Say say you wanted to attack um, with advantage, which to our, to our friends at home who don't play tabletop, attacking with advantage in Dungeons & Dragons means you roll two dice and you take the highest one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, normally, what that would entail in Rule 20 is you have to type out the command twice... Or you have to roll the command to include a you know two dice being rolled, but you right. have to apply any modifiers to each dice individually. And it's just really hard to do because it requires a little bit of finagling in roll twenty. Mm-hmm. Well, there comes a point where you know when you figure out how to make each other's characters so that it works mechanically on roll twenty, you just got to click a button, and it automatically does everything for you, and you can pull the values that you want. Um. It's really, it, it, I, I got it down smooth um, to the point where I'm getting paid on my campaign. Nice. Sunday evening. Nice. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to try and get it started again. I, I still can't start on Sundays. Right. But I think what we're going to, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell everyone, okay, be on the lookout for a starting point because mm-hmm. like we're like, I think I can restart pretty soon. We were playing yeah. Curse of Strahd, which is mm-hmm. vampire hunting. Um, but yeah, that that's the Dungeons yeah. and Dragons scene for me personally. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, so, do we want to talk about games that we've been playing, or do you want to jump into uh, the news, or let me yell about this one news topic, um, Let's and talk then about we can news. go? Okay. Let's go news for a bit because I okay. we can talk about the games that we're playing like for forever, right? Um, so let's get into let's get okay. into some news. So so I'm leading off with uh, the big one that was announced uh, a little little while ago back back on it's in, uh, end of April. Uh, we got the first look at the Sonic the Hedgehog two movie, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a giant stand-in Sonic, a giant stand-in Tails, as we all know from the first movie. But the big one, there is also a giant stand-in Knuckles, and I lost my shit. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to find like the actual instance of when that occurred, because I exposed you to that yes i i I was i was just i was just looking at it but it was 
I was like, mm, so I, was I was like, doing air punches. So I, I put in, and I was, I was positive you had seen this news because nothing escapes you when it comes to Sonic. <laughs> Gotta go and fast. Like, I, I love Sonic too. Don't get me wrong. I'm kind of if you, if anyone is like aware of the game Grumps, they have a loving mm-hmm. relationship with Sonic. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the same. I love Sonic. We have a whole uh, episode of this podcast where I was playing Sonic and you and I were talking. Oh yeah, that that was fun, man. <laughs> oh, okay. I got some other news before I jump in. Before we ex- before we jump in a little bit more, um, I'm planning a trip over there to Utah once I'm fully vaccinated. Nice First shot is on nice. May fifth. So. Nice. Yeah, I was well, able I- to get. I'm I'm all I'm all done. Did up. They they. Uh, I had my second one a week and a half ago, so I'm almost immune to everything except ninjas now. <laughs> so yeah we'll have to maybe we can do kind of like a special like all in person oh that'd be great recording once we're all vaccinated that would anyway, be great. Back, to, back to the instance i just, i type in luke all capitals <laughs> and then i send you an app message so that it notifies you like luke hunsager and i show a <laughs> screenshot and it's a tweet here's a look at sonic movie 2 filming at fort langley today sonic tails and knuckle props were seen and there's a picture of like two people running because like you know it's a it's an explosion that they're filming and there's the actors and then the next picture in the tweet it just shows like stand-in statues for Knuckles, Tails, and Sonic. You know, like as if they're on set actually filming mm-hmm. for pictures that leak out. So the fact that they place these statues out there is kind of like, hey, we're kind of hoping people take photos and that these leak to the right. internet. Right. And there is a perfect shot of standing knuckles, and you proceed to say, "Oh, well, like H H H H H. Oh, G G G. You just punched your keyboard. I did. Next, I did. Next message was, <laughs> "I got. We got no pop, but not, but." <laughs> and then uh, Pat puts in. Um, <laughs> puts in like a, a water gun, gun a little squirt yeah. gun and then you send in a gif from <laughs> gondon knuckles thank you my brother <laughs> and i was like you heard it from me and that oh. was kind of like your explosion of happiness do you know how many people have have uh said they'd give me a hundred dollars if i got a ugandan knuckles tattoo um Oh, dude! Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, listen, if I get enough people that will pay me a hundred dollars, I can probably then pay for the tattoo. So bring it on. How big? How big would it be? Oh, maybe the size of a baseball or something. Oh yeah, that that yeah. can that yeah. can fall with it. Yeah, you can pay that with yeah. enough people. Yeah. So there, we'll start. We'll start a Patreon for the. <laughs> <laughs> for the Uganda Knuckles leg tattoo or something. Throw on your cash app and you're just like, right. everyone who owes me money, pay up. <laughs> pay up because Uganda Knuckles is on the way. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's happening. Sonic Movie 2. I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I showed it to my daughter and she she flipped as much as I did. I was like, hey, Quinn, come here. And she was in a bad mood. Like, I was like, come here. And I showed I... it to her and she lost it. I was really satisfied with the Sonic movie. Um, uh. I really enjoyed it. Michelle and I, we watched it together, and we both thought it was like really fun. It was really cute. Like It's not like, I don't know, you may disagree. It's not necessarily like a cinematic masterpiece, right? Oh. Well, But as it comes to video game 
movies, there's mm-hmm. really only two that are sitting on top, and that's Sonic and Detective Pikachu. Yeah, definitely. I like, think that's it. That's the peak right now. Not saying that that's trying. as high as it will get, but that's as high as it is right now. Even Mortal Kombat? We I have not talk seen about that. We Let's... will talk about that. Okay. Um, um, so like Mortal Kombat, and then I guess technically you can say like the the new Godzilla movie was vid- a video game movie um, because we've had Godzilla games in the past, and they've all well, I don't think all of them have sucked, but yeah, the, the newest iteration of Godzilla games, Godzilla PS4, that one, mm-hmm. that one was was horrible from what I understand. See, you see, but I think the difference in that is that the game is based on a movie franchise, not a movie franchise based on a game. True. Okay. So that's, that's kind of where my line's at because the one that really, uh, um, bends, uh, like bends my rule there is Tron because Tron, the video game was released with Tron, the movie at the same time. Oh, so I don't is, is the movie based on the game or is the game based on the movie? I am not excited that Jared Leto is going to be in Tron 3 when that finally got announced. Yeah, I liked Tron 2. I love Tron 2. It, it was, was one great. of my top. It was one of my top mm-hmm. last decade. The music. I, uh, the music was great. <laughs> but then again, that would be up there in like best video game movies. But I don't know. It, you know what I mean? I don't know if it falls under that or if it falls under a the video game is based on the movie. Right. Um, but yeah, um, we'll get to that. Uh, I do have a news story here from IGN from Mr. Joe Scribbles, um, showing that, uh, the PS five has outsold the PS four in the first fiscal year on sale, which blows my mind because I still can't go out and buy a PS five. Wait, 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 wait. Like, uh, it, with it, like when you compare their first two fiscal years, yes. or are you talking it shows PS4? so PS5 has sold 7.8 million units in its first year, fiscal year on sale, ending March uh, 31st, 2021, and the PS4 sold 7.6 millions during the same period. Okay, okay, so yeah, um, it just it it. It, That's it really like blows odd. my mind because of the, the the semiconductor shortage, which is making you know everything crawl, getting these consoles out. Because I still can't go out and buy one. I don't think I like when I was looking for the Xbox One or the PS4. I had no problem finding it. Like the first week, it was rough, but after that, you could go to Walmart. They're all at Walmart or GameStop or Best Buy. You could go I, anywhere and get it. I I have I have not. Okay, so I think the reason why those numbers are high for the PS5 is because of the scalpers. Um, that's, I think that could be it. That's that's really kind of where it is when it comes to this to the semiconductor shortage. Um, I myself having having a career in an area that can be a, affected by electronic shortages, it really comes down to what companies are willing to put the money down. Right uh, to get the shortage. So Sony is a big enough conglomerate, giant mega corporation mm-hmm. where it can put its foot uh, in the door to get semiconductors during the shortage. So I'm not mm-hmm. surprised there, but I still can't get a PS5. I just tried yeah. for the first time earlier this month. I just decided, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of influencers on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff that show that they got a PS5 and it was kind of easy for them. 
which makes me right. wonder like how easy was it really right but they just went into like Best Buy, found one there, and bought it and walked out with it. So I went to a couple different stores, and every single one of them was sold out. And hmm. I was just like, please have patience. We are still trying to get PS5s. And it's because of the scalpers. Right. The scalpers are right. just hoarding PS5s. There's, right. There are warehouses of PS5s that are just kind of sitting there. And, you know, like, I don't know, by the hundreds, I'm assuming. And mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to sell them at crazy prices on eBay. Mm-hmm. But now I think they're being cracked down on. So they just – someone needs to just go repossess them and just say, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, and like I also think that just the um, atmosphere of how it's been the last year mm-hmm. I think is – a big a big push in that selling too because okay well i can't go out and hang out with my friends i can't go to a restaurant i can't go to a bar i can play video games though oh hey look Mm -hmm. i'm gonna buy this or i'm gonna do this and so that's become their outlet so i think that has a big impact on the sales as well because we didn't have anything like that when um when the ps4 launched Oh wow, yeah. So it's that I, I think it's it's a mix between that and the scalpers, like for sure. And it's again, it's not just uh, PlayStation. I think it's Xbox as well. But I think Xbox, um, they were saying the um, PS Five is like uh, selling double what the Xbox is right now. Yeah, I think and that has to do with the goodwill that xbox lost last generation and well also with their their whole gaming um sphere that they're doing with the game pass i think people are like okay well then why would we want to buy this new console when we've got game pass on our computer and we've got game pass on our um on our older our xbox one systems like in the the xbox one X is like last generation was the most powerful console. So that thing still runs great 4k um, gaming. So it like, and like the jump isn't so much graphical with the new Xbox. It's, it's uh, speed. It's, it's quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, and I, I honestly think the same thing for PlayStation. There's not enough games out there that are exclusive for those consoles that make me want to get it yet. And I think that is smart, like, say on, like, Xboxes, like, you know, they, they stopped Halo from coming out, but that was a whole different thing. But I actually think this, in the long run, that ends up being a a, a bigger plus for them, because they're going to have the, the game ready to launch at about the time that the console... Um, supply will reach the demand so more people will be able to at will go get a console and then they can get this awesome new exclusive game with it at the same time mm-hmm. where where it's like playstation has put out a few exclusives and i'm just like okay is, no, right. no one can play it gonna get hotter, yeah um, like no one can play your, your new Spider-Man game except like the people that are like diehards, and it's like Demon good for Soul. them. But I want to play Demon Soul so bad. <laughs> I want to see. I, I, you need to Twitch stream that. Well, I've I've actually I've beaten Demon Souls before when it was on the PS3 era. So I actually I don't think you know this about me. I was in a test group for Demon Souls. I did not know this. Yeah. So um, okay. So just I, I guess uh, 
because it, I don't know <laughs> what our tens of fans actually know about um, Demon Souls and stuff. So I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a history. But Demon Souls, I think it's it's kind of common knowledge. It's actually a remake of Demon Souls from uh, 2010. It was a PlayStation 3 exclusive, and it was kind of a sleeper. Um, there were it, it's the predecessor to Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. For a while, it was thought that Dark Souls was a sequel, but no, it's not. Um, mm-hmm. It released on the PS. Like I already said it released on the PS3. Um, it had. If you are familiar with um, Souls games, um, there's a lot of quality of life improvements that have occurred with the series since then. Um, and Demon Souls is kind of archaic now. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, critics panned Demon Souls initially when it came out back in 2010, uh, specifically because they were complaining about the difficulty level. They were complaining about um, how, like, the level structure, which the level structure is, like, almost the same as Dark Souls in, in a way. Like, it's not... The difference is that Dark Dark Souls, the entire game was interconnected with one another. Mm-hmm. With, you know, different areas and stuff. Demon Souls, the only difference was that there was a hub place and you kind of warp to a large interconnected area. But then when you're done with that area, you warp back to your central hub and you warp to another area. So it was kind of interconnected, um, but Dark Souls improved on that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of quality of life uh, features that were added onto Demon's Souls. And so what happened was in 2009, I went to Anime Expo in Los Angeles. Uh, around mm-hmm. the same time, I met Matt Mercer. Um, actually kind of chatted with him about Dungeons & Dragons. It was before he got really big. But mm-hmm. I think it may have been that same year, in 2009. Um, and Atlas Games was there. And they were, they were in charge of... Was it Atlas? No, it was... From Software made it, but I think... There was a, there was a video game company that was at... Um, at Anime Expo, and they were in charge of, give, of testing it. Because the game, I think, at that point was getting ready to release in Japan. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to get people's input and feedback... Um, for the English market. Right. And so when you, I don't know if it's in the new Dark Souls, but when you beat the classic Dark Souls, it said, thank you, Anime Expo 2009. And so I was just kind hmm. of, I was in a wheelchair at the time. Um, and so they were like, hey, do you want to come test out uh, like a new game that will be released next year? And I was like, yeah, sure. I never got to do that. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of like put me with a group of people. And then like five people at a time, they played for like two hours if they wanted to, or up to three hours. And mm-hmm. they got bored, or they got tired, then it goes on to the next person. And uh, it was actually pretty quick. The line was going through because people were getting frustrated that they were dying so frequently and so often. <laughs> so, um, but they asked me like a series of questions like, what do you think? Is there any improvements? And there were differences from the version that I played to the version that got released. And I think mm-hmm. it was kind of, I think it was minor, minor, minor differences. Right. The game was already finished essentially at that point. But yeah, I was in the test group and I was like, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no idea that it would spawn Dark Souls and that series and Bloodborne and Sekiro and all that stuff. And it, it created a new genre of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Demon's Souls is has been remade for PlayStation 5. And I want to play it so bad, Luke. I will, Twitch, I will stream that. Yes, please do. I would love to see that. 
it's an interesting experience. A lot of people that I read, uh, even people who have never played Demon Souls in the past, people kind of know what to expect. And Demon mm-hmm. Souls is still archaic in the sense that um, they didn't change anything crazy with the game. It's still at its core Demon Souls with some mm-hmm. improvements. Mm-hmm. So players know kind of what to expect. They're like, okay, something will probably come down the stairway, and then like, boom, a giant boulder just rolls down the right. stairway, and they're just like, ha! I knew it, you know. So survivability is a little bit higher. Right. We're kind of experienced as a generation for what to mm-hmm. expect. Yeah. Um. And and kind of uh, jumping on like like older games that. Uh... Uh, that that we like like remakes and remasters and stuff um i am a huge sucker for the the sega um total war um computer games yeah i games. still yeah i still have not played any of them i bought a couple total wars and i have not yes, played them i i love them the mods are amazing there's the one that i play the most is probably medieval 2 total war because there is a mod where it basically opens up because like in, so you have like your base game where you can play as like the Holy Roman empire, um, Spain, France, um, Denmark, uh, stuff like that. Right. Like just kind of these bigger, bigger kingdoms. Um, and then they had three expansions. One was for the, it was the Holy land. So it was like Jerusalem and kingdom of Antioch and, uh, Egypt and uh, and the Ottoman Empire and stuff like that. Uh, and then they had one that was the, it was North Central Europe. So it was like um, Sweden, Finland, um, Russia, you know, the, the Knights, uh, not Knights Templar. Um, oh, the black, black and white is what they wore. Um, I am brain fart right now. Um, but they, so it's all about like the last pagan areas of Eastern Europe being uh, squashed. And mm-hmm. then the, sorry, there were actually four because the third one was called Britannia and you could play as Wales, Ireland, Scotland, uh, England, and then also uh, Norway. And then the last one was the New World, where you could play as Spain, Portugal, and then you could play as like the Incas, the Aztecs, the Apache, uh, Native Americans, and stuff like that. But then uh, some guy went out there and did a, a Kingdoms Grand Campaign mod, and it basically opens it up to almost the entire world. So it's all of Asia, or not Asia, all of Europe, up until, you know, you get a little bit, uh, you can get to like Baghdad as as far um east as you can go and then out west you get you know a little bit of south america the mexico the southern part of the united states and uh cuba and haiti and stuff like that and you can play as any one of those campaigns you could play as the pope if you want to and you can just <laughs> and you can just like be like hey holy war on them like but why because i'm the pope holy war on them i love it <laughs> um, but I loved that because I always played as like the, the Aztecs. And then the first thing I would do was build a boat and sail to, uh, to Spain and take Madrid and be like, how do you like it? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, the Comanches rolling around London is, is just something you can do in that game. So it's open up to a whole bunch of mods uh, across almost all of them. Um, but wh- another one of my favorites was Rome total war. 
That was kind of the yes. big one that jumped out. Um, but yeah, they that are... one even reached. But I had never heard of the Total War series actually before you even introduced it to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Rome Total War. It reached my eyes and my and my news feed. I think that was kind of like a resurgence of the Total War game. Right, right, and that's where because they had done Medieval One, and then it was Rome, and then it was Rome, and then it was the second one i believe after that then it was yeah medieval 2 and then rome 2 but rome is like same thing i found a historically accurate mod of the first game where the greek soldiers spoke greek um you know the roman soldiers spoke latin and like they're they were actually like it wasn't like greek hoplite it was like athenian hoplati or something like that like Mm -hmm. that was it was it was so it's like Europa Barboam, I believe is the name of the mod shout out to whoever made that because it's amazing. But we now have, um, total war Rome remastered came out, uh, three days ago. Oh, cool. Um, and they're having up to it's, uh, it's half off right now up to 85% off, uh, this weekend. Um, so yes, um, it is, like it's one of mine that I've I've always loved, and seeing that there's a, a new version, I'm I'm gonna have to get it because it's in full 4K, um, and they let you even reskin the the units. Like there there's like skin mods for the units, like because the Spartans in the original game literally wore um, gold helmets, and then they wore like red cloaks like all the way down that covered all their body, so they look like druids with helmets on, and it was like that's not okay, um. But that game, I cannot recommend it enough. Like, again, it was such a huge hit um, that, you know, people that didn't even play the game knew what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had never played it. and I Don't worry, Matt. It is still on my to playlist. I have uh, uh, Three Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Which is um, Chinese history. Yes. Uh, if I don't play that one, what I will play is are the Warhammer ones. Yes, I actually have believe the second Warhammer one. Uh, Blair gave it to me. Uh, but I think there's going to be a third Warhammer one where it will include because your your options for playing um, Warhammer between the War Total War Warhammer one and two change. Right. You can't you can't play the same groups, and so I think mm-hmm. number three is going to integrate all of them from one. That would two. be cool. That would be yeah. cool. The uh, the Samurai Total War two that I've been playing has been really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's out. I, I just I just ran across that, and I wanted to throw that out there. Um, did you want to talk about um, the uh, the Activision guy, <laughs> Bobby Kotick? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Jim Sterling, uh, now Stephanie Sterling, but she goes by Jim still. Um, but yeah, the Jim Sterling show <laughs> has, a, has a really awesome way of pronouncing Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision, because he is a boil on this planet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, she goes... Bobby Kotick <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hates his guts. And he does. He looks like a villain from like a Robin Williams movie. Um, I love just, it. The guy is is just kind of slimy. Uh, mm-hmm. CEO of Activision uh, got a pay cut. I was really happy. Um, 
because uh, his so his contract I think was expected to go until like the end of 2021. But in anticipation of him renewing his contract to being CEO up until 2023, some terms were revised and his salary got cut directly in half. Uh, he was rated as number 16 out of like a top CEO, like top overpaid CEOs, right? Mm-hmm. Because his way of increasing profits for the company involved involved pretty much laying off um, employees. Like, so he has laid off, I think, a total of like a thousand employees across all of Activision, and the, he kind of blindsides employees when it comes to mm-hmm. that. Or rather, he has done that in the past. And then he's like, look, we have profits now. And it's just like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, so he uh, had his, um, he has had his uh, salary decreased in half. It's still an obscene amount of money, of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can still earn bonuses that bring his salary back up. And he always maxes out his bonuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something that he can um, like. He can say, "Give me a million dollar bonus." Like, I'm not sure if he can actually say that. I right. th- I think the sh- he has to like put a, like a like a measure in front of the shareholders, and they say, "Okay, well, should we give him the bonus or not?" I think that's how it goes. But he has always maxed out his bonuses. But it got yeah. to a point where it's interesting to note earlier this year. He had uh, petitioned the shareholders for an increased salary. Mm-hmm. This was probably like three I remember ago. that. I remember that he wanted an increased salary, and he placed all the reasons about you know, uh, I, I I did this for the company. I increased profits this way. I did this way, but a couple of shareholders rejected it uh, and explained from the shareholders' point of view, like you have been. Firing people left and right. You've been restructuring company, and you you turned you've given this company a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. So yes, we have increased profits, but what does that mean down the line? Right. And so they rejected his petition for for an increased salary. I think he wanted to double it. Um, and now that his contract has been renewed, which was interesting, like they were still able to maintain a, a working relationship, but he had his uh, pay cut in half so now he's being paid a fourth of what he wants um but the dude has i mean like it's not jeff bezos level right right but like i think by like actually a a complete order of magnitude which is insane Mm -hmm. to think about but he still gets paid like millions and millions Mm -hmm. i think he's like his net worth is somewhere in like 30 or 50 millions um but yeah so he got paid he got cut in half you think about the things that Activision does. Um, every single department in Activision works on Call of Duty in some way, shape, or form. Right, right. <laughs> That's I just I just saw this uh, news story now that says that all nine uh, of the um, oh hold on where was it uh, all nine of the the studios uh, basically work on, on call of duty. So there's the, the new, the new, uh, or the newest one that's now working on it is the toys for Bob, which uh, worked on the crash Pandicoot four. 
Um, and now they're they're working on Warzone Season 3 content. Raven Software has been a support studio for Call of Duty f- since 2010. Activision Shanghai uh, worked on Call of Duty Online. Uh, Demonware does server support for Call of Duty. The former Transformers dev High Moon Studios helped support uh, Call of Duty. Uh, Binox has been working on Call of Duty since Black Ops 3, and then collectively Infinity Ward, Treyarch, Sledgehammer have been taking turns developing Call of Duty games for the last decade. Listen, (laughs) they know where their money comes from. I will give them that. Yeah, that's very true. They they do have that, but it's just like... But I think that market, it's probably going to be dipping pretty soon. Like, there's... I don't know. This is just speculation from someone who's mm-hmm. passionate about games. So, like, take it with a large grain of salt. Right. Um, but, like, games that that kind of coincide with Call of Duty, uh, very... So, like, loot boxes, is you know, is kind of goes side by side um, with first-person shooters with, you know, things... Uh, or, like, or like paid, paid DLC. Mm-hmm. Um like evidence, evidence is showing that gamers are getting tired of that. The fact right, that EA has right. has started to move away from that model thanks to the, thanks to the success of Star Wars: Last Jedi uh, and the failure of Anthem. Uh, bigger right. companies are thinking about focusing on actual single player games now. Mm-hmm. There may be a trend down the line where uh, Call of Duty may not be as profitable mm-hmm. anymore. And then at that case, Bobby Kotick is setting up the company for failure after he leaves, yep. and then he can be like, hey, yep. "Look at me." Right. Um, another bit of news we had is Microsoft. They're kind of shaking up the PC gaming world. Uh, they're going to cut, uh, they're reducing the cut from 30% to just 12% from the developers. It's, it's honestly, it's just a bid to compete with Steam and entice developers and studios to bring more PC games to Microsoft Store. Uh, their quote was, uh, game developers are a, are at the heart of bringing games, great games to our players, and we want them to find success on our platform. This is from Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios at Microsoft. It says, a clear no-strings-attached revenue share means developers can bring more games to more players and find greater commercial success from doing so. I still don't play... Like, I have Game Pass for PC, and the only thing that gets played on my computer right now is my daughter playing Among Us. (laughs) <laughs> that cute. I just I I play on the Xbox. I'm a console guy. I'm always going to be a console guy. There's a few PC games that I play, but um, like I honestly, it's not so much the the store for me on PC because it's literally just a different icon I open. It's not that big a deal. I know there's guys out, especially the super Steam fanboys, get very mad about <laughs> you. You mean I got to click on another icon to play these games? Yeah, man. Oh my gosh, I still don't understand that argument. It's right there. It's literally right there. It's all you got. You just click on it. Mm-hmm. It's not like buying another console. They're free. Once I <laughs> once I get my PlayStation 5, uh, actually, you know what? I think my PlayStation 4 is set up downstairs. I'm thinking about replaying Ghost of Tsushima. Blair uh, actually has, uh, my brother's been picking that up and playing it. And he wants oh to try, he wants to try Legends, the, so the multiplayer so stuff. I just so, have to. I just have to get my PlayStation set up. He's gonna play um, Diablo Two Resurrected with me when it comes. Oh, out. nice! Him and I have nice. been chatting. Yeah. But, well, when you guys decide, maybe we can all play Legends because I've been I've been kind of having the itch to to jump in back into Ghost of Tsushima as well. 
Yeah, it's such. Oh, that game was. So it's a good. it's I, a great game. Did you I, hear that there um uh, the movie that has been tossed around? Um, there's gonna be a movie. This is news yes. to me. Um, let or me at least find. it's being talked about. It would be really good. Like, did you hear about like how um Sushima has actually established the game designers as like permanent ambassadors to the island because it yes, has increased yes, yes. tourism by like a thousand percent. <laughs> okay, here we go. The popular PlayStation video, this is from Variety. The popular PlayStation video game Ghost of Tsushima is getting a film adaptation from Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions. John oh Wick goodness. director Chad Stalski will be at the helm. Um, they even have reached out to the motion capture actor of... Jin Sakai to play Jin Sakai. And I believe um, he said something on Twitter that was um, that, that was pretty funny. Um, that movie, or not that movie, that game I think is perfect for a movie adaptation. Yes, this, uh, where's his quote? He said, uh, um, he said, if I get to play Jin in the live action ghost, let it be known that I fully agree to doing butt nudity. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, Dasuke uh, Suji, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it. But yes, yes, I want this. So do I. I want I, this very much. That game, that game was probably my game of the year, honestly. I, I don't think I mentioned that as like my game of the year on this podcast. Um, but Ghost of Tsushima was was just it was so fun. Yeah. I um, so normally when it comes to open world games like Ghost of Tsushima, um, I kind of have to keep myself focused um, simply because I can spend too much time going from place to place. Like with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mm-hmm. uh, only a couple things kind of compel me to go off the beaten path. But with Ghost of but with Ghost it's of Tsushima, it's mostly armor in in. Uh... If you want different armor in uh, in Odyssey, yeah. But Ghost of Tsushima, like I felt, I loved the wind system. I feel it like it's the last game that made me like emotional while I played it. Oh yeah, it was just it was Stupid really good. Fucking horse! All the horse. I love the horse. Holding it in. <clears throat> um, should we move on to games that we're playing? Um, I was actually thinking that we could, with where we're at time-wise, let's just jump in with this here Mortal Kombat movie. Okay. And then once uh, next week, hopefully we can get everybody, we can jump into all the games we've been playing, and that might be an entire show. That will be Um, an entire show, I promise you. (laughs) Okay. I know with all my heart that will be an entire show, because I had some updates. (laughs) Right. Uh, so we got the Mortal Kombat movie from Warner Brothers. HBO Max came out. Um, I have been looking forward to this movie, especially since I saw that first trailer and I watched Sub-Zero stab a motherfucker with his own frozen blood. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was, yes. And I was just so excited, like so, so mm, amped up for this movie. Um and honestly, I think that's what affected me the most. But so, so the plot of the movie is, it, 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 you know, back in back in the day, it gives you a little bit of Sub Zero Scorpion history, uh, and then it just jumps to the future where it's already uh, kind of like the first one. The the Outworld forces have won nine tournaments in a row, and it's down to the last tournament. Um, 
for for Earthrealm. Uh, this one's a little different. They don't actually have the tournament. Um, it's it's like a precursor to the tournament where the Outworld guys are trying to take out the Earth guys to guarantee the victory. Um, and we get you got on your Earthrealm side you have. Liu Kang, uh, Kung Lao, Raiden, um, Jax, Sonya, Kano, and a new guy named Cole. Oh, yeah, he's protagonist number one. <sighs> okay, <laughs> and then on the, on the other side, you have Sub-Zero, uh, I can't remember who the big guy with the hammer was, Melina, Goro, Cabal, and Shang Tsung. Um, so most of the characters from the first game with a glaring omission, um, even have like reptile, but they send a reptile and it's just a giant lizard person. First off, I would like to talk about, uh, let me, I, I need to, cause it's been a while since I ranted about this. So, so yeah, I, I, I've, I've talked to a couple people and I kind of had to, put a couple bullet points down i always like to lead with positives on stuff and i i don't know i guess it's part of my personality if there's negatives i like to try and balance it out with positives so everything is 50 50 in my book i can't just like rail on something without giving credit to the to the good things so so tell me ultimately do you like the movie what should i expect or do you want to reveal your ultimate like? Let me let me t- let me tell you let me tell okay. you my 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 points on it because I don't know what points are going to draw you in and what points are going to k- kick you out. You know what I mean? Because right, there's right. maybe okay. you may not care about all my negatives and only like the positives. But um, okay. Scott so and I are listening to you. He's on my lap. So the <laughs> the fights were amazing. The choreographed okay. fight scenes were were badass. The costumes were awesome. Um, and I'd say about half of the cast did really, really well with their lines. Okay. That being said, the other ca- the other half was not the best. Um, and the biggest problem there is those are primarily the ones that were telling the story. <laughs> so, new dude, uh, Sonia. Jacks, um, they they just I don't know if it was the lines. The acting was okay, um, but I don't know if it was the the lines. But it just it just didn't it seemed land. Off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Liu Kang was very very like preachy, but that it like is kind of his care. He's a true believer in everything, so you kind of get that right. Same with Kung Lao. They're both like. They've been there in this story. They've been there. They've done it before. They know. So they kind of come off as like teachery, preachy, like really believing in everything. But it, it works for those characters. It's perfect. Um, but the story was just very disjointed. Like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. All right. Like that. I'd said that prop about four times. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. Met a guy and now you're doing combo team up moves. You Like he was chained up two seconds ago and you wanted to kill him. And now you're tossing knives like your best friends. But, um, so it was really hard to wrap my head around and not even so much the story, just like the relationships the characters had with each other. Like they were adversarial and then they're best buddies. And then they're like old friends. And it, I got so many different vibes from them. Um, I, so I really wanted this, 
this movie to be like Daredevil, right? So, um, in the in the way that the first Mortal Kombat movie, you know, it, it was cheesy, it was goofy, whatever, but it was great. Um, not critically though. Um, you had the original Ben Affleck Daredevil movie that got the character out there. It was goofy. It wasn't that great. And then they waited a while and they came out with the new Daredevil, which has been critically, you know, accepted as a great show. I wanted that so much for this Mortal Kombat. And you don't feel like they did not, they didn't do it the right way for me. Um, I did not like this Cole guy because now, like, they well, the way they explained it, the way you know, Liu Kang can shoot fire and all this stuff is like there's this like inner power in in these certain selected fighters that have this Mortal Kombat birthmark tattoo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it, is it the picture like the dragon? Yeah, yeah, it's the it's like okay, a burned star of the dragon. <laughs> um, and they can have these powers, right? Um, and so, you know, that's a Sub-Zero with the freezing and um, uh, Liu Kang with the fireballs. Uh, so the new guy, his power is he gets, he's a descendant of Scorpion. Um, and he gets all of these, like this armor that like when he gets beat up, it charges him up. And then he can unleash like super punches after he's been beat up a lot. So his superpower is he gets beat up. <laughs> um, he also so at the bad. very beginning, oh, he gets his little like like uh, baton blades too under his arms. Okay, and it just looks terrible. It looks like you know Steppenwolf's armor from the Justice League movie, not the Snyder cut from the original one. That's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Um, and he just grows it when he gets his power. Um, and he has like his wife and his daughter who I did not know was his daughter for about 45 minutes of the movie because he's a, I don't know if he just has a young face, but I'm like, there's no way this girl is his daughter. Did he have her at the age of 12? Like she's like a 16 year old girl almost. And then his wife looks really young too. And then she's like, okay, dad. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? That's his daughter. This is weird. Um, so there's that too. And like his interactions with Sonya, it's like, it's, I don't know. So those are, those are my, my big negatives on it. Positives. Um, uh, Scorpion was amazing the way they did Scorpion, but you only get him at the very beginning of the movie and at the very end of the movie. Um, and it's played by, I don't know if you guys have seen the last Samurai movie, but it's played by the, the guy who beats the shit out of Tom Cruise constantly from that movie. He's perfect. He's perfect. Um, I do like that. The Chinese guys were played by Chinese guys. The Japanese characters were played by Japanese actors. I loved it. I loved that part of it. That was really awesome for me. Um, so Scorpion was badass. Sub Zero was a fucking boss in that. Like he's like almost OP level to the point that Scorpion never beats him one on one. It's like Scorpion and another guy end up beating him at, at okay. some point. It's like the climax of the movie. 
but he's just he's so good um is sub-zero like a villain yes he's because the original sub-zero bihan was a villain and then it was his little brother in mortal kombat 3 that was the good sub-zero right i remember Um, that so yeah bihan he's a he's a dick um the guy who played uh, Raiden was, mm-hmm. uh, if you saw the Thor movies, he played one of the Warriors Three. Um, okay, that that were like his buddies, uh, and then we had. Um, I, he's been in so many movies. The thing that just keeps popping into my head is he was the the Chinese banker uh, in the Dark Knight Batman movie. Uh, he played yeah. Shang Tsung. Oh, cool. And cool. he was amazing. Like, he ripped somebody's soul out, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Um, you get to see someone get disemboweled. Like, the 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 um, like the, the fight scenes, again, and the graphics were just top-notch. Um, but I wanted to, I want to end my little review of it by saying, hands down, the best character in Mortal Kombat was Kano. I he, have, you, you're not the only one who has said that. I've oh heard my so God. many people say that he's amazing. If you guys have seen um, the, the, the YouTube guy, Aussie Man, he is Aussie Man in real life. He is amazing. Like, he keeps, he, you know, what am I going to get my superpowers? <laughs> he's like, it's going to be fireballs, right? Fireballs. And then he gets the laser eye. He's like, fucking laser eye. Yes. <laughs> so I, I fucking, fucking told you I'd get mine first. Isn't Kano <laughs> like, just like a throwaway it. character yes. in like the actual yes. video game? Mm-hmm. And he was a throwaway character in the previous movies. Kano. So this is a cool thing about like the personalities from the Mortal Kombat fighters. Mm-hmm. Kano didn't have a personality until after the movie. The actor in the movie gave Kano the personality that they went with in the game. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And I've seen so many memes of actor that played Kano hospitalized due to carrying movie on his back. Um, (laughs) So so many. But um, so I guess in the end, I think I just wanted more out of it. I want to watch it again with like ground level expectations and see if that changes it. Um, but it was just, yeah, I, I, I just, when it got over, I was just like, huh, I really wish it was, but would have been more like that mm-hmm. was, that was, I was just like, wish, I just wish it would have been better. Like it is would it, have fulfilled it. Is it better than mortal Kombat annihilation? Yes, 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 yes. See, then I'm, yes. I'm going to enjoy it when yes. I eventually watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's really all I had on it. I want, I do want to get to Pat and, um, Jamie's thoughts on it and yours once you watch it. Um, so we can kind of touch on that, uh, that next time, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's all we got for the, for the episode today, folks. Yep. We're going to try and get another episode out this coming week. I hesitated to say that because we will try our best. We will try our very, very best. Hopefully we got the schedule issues, the technical issues, and then the COVID issues out of the way now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, that's about it. You can follow me on Twitter Mm -hmm. uh, at uh, Dojima deadlift. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
and uh yeah and luke yeah. what about you yeah what uh um yeah, uh nerd dome will be coming back uh here shortly once we can get everyone in the same room again um but yeah, make sure to go check out all the stuff on the Geek Nerd Network. Uh, we've got shows that are continuously coming out there, so even when you can't hear us, you can hear them. Um, yeah, I my personal favorite is um, Chelsea and Noel go to hell. Yep, that's a very good one. It's a very um, good one. But yeah, all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. All right, see ya. Hey there, my name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. And I'm Kylie. And we'd like to invite you to join us in the Fortress of Comictude podcast, where we discuss such topics as... Creator Focus, where we pull a comic creator's name out of a bucket and talk about their history and books they've worked on. We also do what's called the Comic Book Club, where we pick a book, read page by page, and analyze how cool it is. And Was It Really That Bad, where we take an old comic book movie from the past that got horrible reviews and decide if it was truly, really that bad. Plus creator interviews, movie reviews, top five lists, and so much more. So join us in the Fortress of Comictude. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Jen.